Welcome to our podcast. We're so glad you found us. Our prayer is that you listen to this with an open heart and an open mind to let God in. Let's hear this week's message. Would you turn with me to Romans chapter 4? Romans chapter 4. We're going to start a a new series, and I'm going to call it, or I have called it, The Journey of Faith. And the reason I called it The Journey of Faith is because I believe that Abraham literally uh, gave us a step-by-step or God gave us a step-by-step through Abraham's life. And we're going to try to capture a lot of this through the Word of God and, and through the book of Genesis. We're also going to try to capture, even going in, all into the New Testament, we'll refer to this passage often. But I've kind of broken into four separate categories of steps. And some of these steps may take decades. Some of them may take an, a moment. And so I don't want you to align yourself with this seed. The first step's going to take me three weeks. The next step's going to take me two hours. I don't want you to do that. What I want you to do is understand that each one of these, they're called steps of faith. Each one of them is a journey. And today we're going to talk about the journey away from doubt. Because you can't go toward faith without leaving doubt behind you. In fact, Pastor Dwayne, he was even sharing, and I had no idea what he was going to share on, and I thought, um, as he talked about the power of our confession, and I really liked some of his terminology. One of them that I captured was, you know, the journey unto faith, or the confession unto faith, and the confession of, you know, in faith. I don't know, maybe you didn't catch it, but I certainly did. Because I think some people are, you know, they, they don't understand that many of us, that God goes, he realizes, he knows that what's inside of you, you're not fully convinced of it. That who God is and you don't fully trust God and God's not judging you in that space. What he's trying to help you is you're in a journey to get there. That's what Abraham was. In fact, what really blew my mind as I studied this out, that Abraham was still struggling at 99 years old. I'm like, Lord, that's a long ways away yet, you know? But yet what God had asked him, he was going to be called the father of faith. I mean, his, what was going to happen is God was positioning Abraham into such a posture that all of us, for the decades, for the centuries later, for even the, the, the millennial years later, would be looking unto this man and recognizing his journey of faith. So the first one was going to be a journey away from doubt. And so many of us have doubt. If we don't say we have doubt, we're not truthful and honest and authentic with our life. And what I'm going to try to help you with is that we're not just talking about, you know, doubt for salvation here. As I try to help someone this last week as they were drifting away from walking with God and then they walked back to God. What I want to do is talk about, you know, your faith is in a space in all categories of your life. In fact, next week as we talk about the power of acknowledgement, the Bible says that God says, acknowledge him in all your ways, and he'll direct your paths. Maybe you have God directing you, maybe in a space with your wife, but you feel like you're out on your own and really lost your way with your kids. It's all of, let me tell you something, the journey of faith has to work in every space of your life. Every space. 
Now, I'm not saying that you lose your salvation because you're losing the space of path with your kids. I'm saying is this, is you start out on the foundation of Jesus Christ and everything from there on is built in Christ. And that's where the acknowledgement comes. That's where walking away from doubt comes. Maybe you're a Christian and you can doubt whether God, Jesus heals. Maybe you're a Christian, you can doubt whether God is speaking to you. You can have all kinds of different spaces of doubt. And that's what God is saying is the journey of faith is in multi-facets basis of your life. I've watched God move mightily in, in areas and pathways. That's why the Bible says there's paths of righteousness. There's one path to Jesus. But there's paths of righteousness, which means there's all kinds of right ways God wants you to walk in your marriage. There's all kinds of right ways God wants to walk with your children. That means there's all kinds of wrong ways you can do too. And that's the whole objective. So now, today, as we talk about, I want to take a step away from doubt. Am I in the space of doubt? Maybe you're here today doubting God, even that he exists. Maybe you're here in the doubt, of, you know, doubting that maybe you don't doubt that God exists, but that God really wants a real and powerful, effective way in your life. Maybe you're doubting that, you know what, God will heal today. Maybe you're doubting today that God will, has, has any great work or service to you, what God can do through your life. Doubt has many different faces inside of our life, but it's still doubt. And let me share something with you. Unless you're in faith, you'll never be on the journey with God. God will love you, he will have mercy for you, he will care for you, but you will not be able to walk together. Amos 3.3 says this, unless two walk together, you know when two walk together, they can't find it, you'll never find that walk unless they're in agreement. The first thing that my wife and I always do is find a place in agreement because then we can walk together. I find that sometimes you see marriages Walking in two different directions. Do you realize that God's not going to bless that? There's no way. The Bible says, how do two, you know, how do two walk together unless they agree? You can't do it. You must find unity. Can you imagine Jesus and the Father and the Holy Spirit having difference of opinions and different facets going on? Can't happen. Romans chapter 4, verse 17. is going to be kind of our opening passage for this whole series the journey of faith. Romans 4. That is what the scriptures mean when God told them, I have made you the father of many nations. This happened because Abraham believed in the God who brings the dead back to life and who creates new things out of nothing. That could speak about somebody's life right now. Maybe it's physical. The dead, you see, you know, whatever is going on, you can, it's just dead. It's never going to work. Well, this is the God who brings new things out of nothing. Verse 18, even when there was no reason for hope, Abraham kept hoping, believing that he would come to the father of many nations, for God had said to him, that is how many descendants you will have. And Abraham's faith did not weaken. Even though at about 100 years of age, he figured his body was as good as dead, so it was Sarah's womb. Abraham never wavered in believing God's promise. In fact, his faith grew stronger, and in this he brought glory to God. He was fully convinced that God is able to do whatever he promises. And because of Abraham's faith, God counted him as righteous. And when God counted him as righteous, it wasn't just for Abraham's benefit. It was recorded as for our benefit, 
assuring us that God will also count us as righteous if we believe in him, the one who raised Jesus, our Lord, from the dead. Let's pray. Father, seeds of truth, your truth need to come in, into our heart. And I pray, Father, that by your Holy Spirit, that you put your finger on everyone's life in this room and those outside, even those maybe watching right now. We lean not to what we can do. We lean into you, God. And we ask that, Lord, you would do a work inside of our life as we surrender our thoughts, our ways, our hurts, our fears. And we ask that it would be your way and your will to be done. In Jesus' name, all God's people said, amen. If we could just time, hopefully take this thing kind of thought step by step. Point number one, the first step into faith is putting doubt behind you. In James chapter 1, verse 6, but when you ask him, be sure that your faith is in God alone. Do not waver for a person with divided loyalty is unsettled as a wave of the sea that is blown and tossed by the wind. Such people should not expect to receive anything from the Lord. Their loyalty is divided between God and the world, and they are unstable in everything that they do. Matthew 21, 21 says it this way, Then Jesus told him, I tell you the truth, if you had faith and doubt, don't doubt, you can do things like this and much more. Even as Pastor Wayne referred to in Luke last week, you could even say to this mountain, may you be lifted up and thrown into the sea and it will be happening. And you can pray for anything and you have faith, you will receive it. In Matthew 14, 31, Jesus immediately reached out, grabbed him. You have so little faith, Jesus said, why do you doubt me? So we see in these passages that this is just not how we think. It's not how we act. It's not how we respond to things. But there seems to be this space of authority, this space of, of almost in a different realm of life. You're, you're is, there's this moment of, of uh, directive from God. And here's what I find that so many of us are trying to pray faith in and not pray faith. So I'm going to say something to you and I'm going to uh, share this with you. And I hope that through this whole series you get this. Spend more time listening. Spend more time on the promise that what God has to say. Fill your thoughts to the point where you're so fully convinced. And then pray. I like what Pastor Dwayne said last week. He said, some of us are teaching our heart not to believe. We're lying to our own hearts. I was like, I've never heard anybody ever say that before. But I thought, I, my, my heart is really, I mean, it just really grabbed hold of that space. I went, no wonder, because you can almost tell when somebody doesn't believe what they say, or especially yourself. I can even find it, sometimes if you ever prayed over somebody, and you're just even praying it, and going, oh, and you don't even really believe what you are really praying in that space of time. So I want to share with you that, how important it is to get a heart filled with faith. First thing is, is you have to understand it's a journey. It's not a destination. And the journey is this, is you need to walk away from 
doubt. First step is to walk away from, say it with me, walk away from doubt. Gotta, you have to take your steps and start stepping away from doubt. Doubt is this. It's anything that isn't God's promise. Anything that's not what God has promised. The Bible says, neglect not as great and precious promises. And yet I find that we have so many Christians that are living in a spiritual space of neglect. And neglect is this. They're not acknowledging his promises. They're not walking away, walking toward his promises. They're literally cavitated inside the space of doubt. Doubt is your enemy. Doubt is the voice of the world. Doubt is the voice of your experiences. Doubt is the voice of your hurts. Doubt is the voice of what can happen in this world according to what you know. But yet the Bible says right here, Romans chapter 4, Abraham was the father of faith who called things that be not as though they are. New things, not the old things. Behold, God wants to do something new in your life. I'm not here to discount I'm not here to tell you that, you know, your story isn't real. But what I'm here is to share with you is that God wants to write a new chapter. That's the journey, that God wants to write a new chapter. We as Christians should be the first ones that hate the bumper sticker. Same, blank, different day. We should hate that bumper sticker because we live in the space of life changing we live in that space of life changing and here's the thing is if you're frustrated that your life hasn't changed then what's happening is god is working on the inside of you to get the character to walk out the change because what god doesn't want you to do is have a moment of change and go back to the old that's the whole story of exodus You've got all these chapters of Exodus and here's God going, working inside of his people so that they would not go back to the way they were. That's the whole journey. He made them thirst for him. He made them hunger for them. He made them work out those things. He taught them how to fight. We should learn that that's a Christian's walk. We should hunger for God. We should thirst for God. We should learn how to fight with God. But these are the things that we don't really realize that's the whole point of Exodus. And you know what I love about Exodus? It's the journey away from, come on, what's the message today, people? The journey away from doubt. That's the first thing. Don't turn around. Don't look at where you've been. I love what Pastor Dwayne said. He goes, in COVID time, he says, God is asking him, and he's doing the same thing with me. He says, you know what? Don't consider the space of where you've been Consider the space of where God wants you to be. And many of us go over there and we, we dialogue. Our whole dialogue is changed to the point of being conformed to the way the world thinks instead of the way God thinks. Number two, know what you are walking away from. What are you walking away from? Doubt, listen to this, what it says. This isn't Pastor Ron, this is just encyclopedia stuff right here, okay? Doubt is a mental state in which the mind remains suspended between two or more contradictory pro propositions. Didn't we just read James chapter 1? It says a person who has double-minded is unstable in all ways. Let them not expect anything. So doubt is this suspended space. We'll go, yeah, God, if God, maybe God. But here's my experience. 
That's the suspended place. You're not going to go anywhere. It's unable to certain, be certain of anything. Doubt on an emotional level is indecision between belief and disbelief. You're caught right in the middle, which is fine. You're between belief and disbelief, so then let's walk away from it. Let's walk toward faith. Let's walk toward belief. Genesis 12, verse 1 said this, The Lord had said to Abraham, Leave your native country. There's a reason why Abraham became the father of faith. And the reason why the first thing that we find out from Abraham is that he says, leave where you live. Leave your country. Leave your native country, your relatives, your father's family, and go to the land which I'll show you. I will make you into a great nation. I will bless you and make you famous, and you will be a blessing to others. I will bless those who bless you and curse those who treat you with contempt. All the families on the earth will be blessed through you. So, you know, maybe you say, well, that's a cool story, Pastor Ron. Abraham came from great wealth. Abraham had an inheritance. Abraham had a, a space. And God asked him to walk away. Let me ask you something. Why do you, I mean, just, just for a moment, why do you think God asked that? Get yourself in the story a second. Why would God ask him to, to leave what's so prepared, what's already given? Because God wanted Abraham to trust him. I mean, if we were really, how many of us really trust God? That's the journey that we're on. Do you really trust him with your health? What happened with your thoughts in COVID time? Did you trust him? I'm not here to judge. I don't judge. That's not my space. Did you trust him with your finances? Have you trusted him with your relationships? Are you, you know, there are some relationships. I'm just on the journey away from doubt. I haven't hit the journey of the space of faith yet. So the first thing is, again, taking a step away. Number three, doubt is a state of thoughts. Faith is a state of thoughts. They're both thoughts. What are you thinking on? Doubt is a state of thoughts. Faith is a state of thoughts. What are you thinking on? In Genesis 12, verse 10, at that time a severe famine struck the land of Canaan, forcing Adam to go down to Egypt, where he lived as a foreigner. As he, as he was approaching the border of Egypt, Abraham said to his wife Sarah, look, you are very beautiful. This is a beautiful thing to say, isn't it? Husbands to the wives, right? You don't want to read the rest of it, though. When the Egyptians see you, they will say, this is his wife. Let's kill him to get her, basically. Then we can have her. So please tell them you are my sister. Then they will spare my life and treat me well because of their interest in you. Does that sound like a person who trusts God in this journey? Not even for his own wife. He's in a journey. Let's not judge him. He's in a journey toward faith. And what, isn't it interesting that God has to create a circumstance, a severe famine, to get him out of the land? How many times has God had to create some circumstance, some scenario around your life to get you to move, to get you out of your comfort space, out of your bubble? 
And then this point, here's God getting him right out of his bubble, a severe famine. So he gets out, and even in the midst of getting out of his bubble, okay, I'm obeying God in this step, but he's still full of doubt over the other path, his wife. And by the way, if he's going to have children, who's he going to have children with? His wife. How are you going to have children with your wife when you're giving her to another man? He's not really thinking this through, is he? Because he still has doubt. He's stuck in this space. And yet Romans 4 gives us an end. And that's what we have to realize. Sometimes we like to read. I don't know if you, would, you ever, did you guys ever do stuff like I did? You know, when you had to give a book report, you, end of the end, you, you read the first part of the book and you read the last part of the book and you try to write a book report on it. Anybody ever get caught on doing that? I'm the only sinner in the house. Come on. I can see it in your eyes. You're not truthful. But anyway, so especially some of those poetic books and, you know, that I'm just like, why am I reading something that's 14th century? This has zero application. This is, you know. So anyway, point is, is that we like to do that with God in his word. Sometimes we like to read the end of the story and all of a sudden we go, all I got to do is quote the scripture and the promise is mine. And they don't realize the journey that it took to get to that passage in their life. And so that's what I'm trying to share with you is that obviously Abraham is in a journey away from doubt. For doubt is emotionally based and will revisit. Just because you step away from doubt, doubt will come to try to catch up with you. Just because you took a step away it will come back and it will revisit. Remember, it's a thought. It's emotional. It will come back and you will have to face it. But don't face it to turn around and walk back to it. You need to face it and still continually walk away from it. Genesis chapter 15. Here we are a little longer in the journey of Abraham. Genesis chapter 15. Sometime later, the Lord spoke to Abram. In a vision and said to him, do not be afraid, Abraham, for I will protect you, and I'll reward you, and your reward will be great. Abraham replied, O sovereign Lord, what good are all your blessings when I don't even have a son? Since you'd given me no children, Eleazar of Damascus, a servant in my household, will inherit my, all my wealth. You have given me no descendants of my own, so, so one of my servants will be my heir. Then the Lord said to him, no, your servant will not be your heir. You will have a son for your own who will be your heir? Then the Lord took Abraham outside and said to him, Look into the sky and count the stars if you can. That's how many descendants you will have. And Abraham believed the Lord. And the Lord counted him as righteous because of his faith. So here we are. And I love about Abraham. He's in this space. You know, he's working with doubts. Now he's looking at it. He goes, Well, God promised me children. I'm getting older. And now I don't have any children so that he's being authentic. You know the thought of, oh, maybe Lot. We'll get to that in a minute. Maybe Lot, my nephew's going to be the heir. Or, or, or maybe, maybe it's going to be through Eleazar, who's a really a faithful servant. He's, he's doing what we do. He's fabricating things in his thought. He's trying to put things in places. He's putting puzzle pieces together that don't fit. Because we don't like to wait on the Lord. All eyes are on us and even our own eyes. We get in the mirror and go, is this really happening? Did I really hear God's voice? And those thoughts of doubt rise up and they just really get louder and louder. 
Number five, doubt will lead us away from God's plan and promise. Doubt will lead you away from God's plan and promise. Genesis chapter 16, now Sarah, Abram's wife, had not been able to bear children for him, but she had an Egyptian servant named Hagar. So Sarah said to Abram, the Lord has prevented me from having children. I mean, this dynamic of what's going on here is pretty weird. But anyway, go and sleep with my servant. Perhaps I can have children from her. And Abraham agreed with Sarah's problem. What are they thinking? So Sarah, Abram's wife, took Hagar, the Egyptian servant, and gave her to Abraham as a wife. This happened 10 years after Abraham had settled in the land of Canaan. Journey. I want so many of us have been felt judged by this word called faith. And I want you to understand that I don't want you to think of faith as a destination anymore. I want you to think as a faith of as a journey. And here's the beautiful thing that even Pastor Dwayne had said. You know, even when you move in the space of faith that you have today, God expects that same faith to grow into greater faith tomorrow. Because we go from faith to faith. So that, that works in the space of a, a journey. It doesn't work in the space of a destination because once you get to a destination, it's a dead end. That's, you're there. But if you go from faith to faith, it never ends. It always is growing. Now put that in the space of what God could do in a marriage. Put that in the space of what God can do in a child. Put that in the space of what God can do inside of, of your, you know, basically your call of God in your life. Now look at what Abraham is walking through. God calls him, and this is what I love, God calls things that be not as though they are. We're seeing that what Abraham isn't. Genesis 15, chapter, actually 12, 15, and 16. I mean, does that look like a man of faith? He wants to give up his wife? You know what? I, I'm, I'm a little nervous that you're going to go out, you know, they're going to kill me. And then, I, I, then all of a sudden, then, then Sarah's feeling like she's not able to have a child. And so she goes, you know, I got this servant woman. She's kind of attractive. What do you think? Why don't you go lay with her? And Abraham goes, okay. I mean, just, that's just honestly trying to figure things out ourselves. And here's the amazing thing. That there's still, God didn't kick him off the journey. He kept him in the journey. And here's the thing that what we have to do is God is working things outside of Abraham so that he can have a pure heart. Because the Bible says the pure in heart shall see God. Faith is having a space of purity. You no longer have a different thought. And we're going to get to that point in a few more weeks where you become fully convinced that you're no longer trying to make things happen on your own. You don't have some, little, some kind of directive or some kind of angle on it that will make it work and look a little bit like God. What you've done is say, God, here I am. I'm surrendering. I trust your time. I trust your way. Because what God is after, he, honestly, he's not after the objective you are. Your objective is, is on the outside of your life, it looks like God's doing something. God's after what's inside. Because what's inside is forever. And what Abraham kept doing 
is dealing with the outside. And so here's what God's doing is he's taking all that outside away. Hey, you know, your wife is beautiful. I gave her to you. Be thankful. Your scenario with your, your servant, that's, that's me too, Abraham. Be thankful, but that's not my plan. Don't make it work into your plan. Don't try to reason it into your plan. Oh, oh and, and this whole thing with, with your wife now, because she's really, really feeling weighted and hurt and downcast because she's not able to minister to her, love her. Speak the promise of God. You know what it blows my mind, and I'm guilty of this myself? Abraham's number one job was this. Speaking to his wife the promise that God gave to him. Adam's job. Speak to Eve what God had promised. And what happened is, is he just got, ooh, Eve. Ooh. He just got lost in his space. And then Eve... Because she's not hearing the vision, she's not hearing the promise, she's not hearing the life that God had through her husband. She starts finding her own path. Come on, Adam. And that's, history keeps repeating itself. Here we are, we're looking at it right now. Another historical lesson. Abraham's doing the exact same thing. Here's the cool thing about it, though, is God has taken that out of him. God who calls things that be not as though they are. God who brings life to where there was death. Anybody can point out a problem, but can anybody trust God for his solution? Can you take a step away from doubt? If you're here this morning and you doubt the space of God in your life. I, I get why people have doubt. How can a good God, who's so gracious and you talk about, who's so loving and so powerful, how can all these bad things happen to all these good people? Well, I'll share something with you. Is that you got, your question is 50% uh, understanding. The other 50% is what you don't know. And it's found in Acts chapter 10, 38. Jesus said this. He went about doing good. There's your 50%. How can Jesus, who's all about doing good, how can God, who's all about doing good? Well, you know what the next part of it is? Point B, 38. He destroyed the works of the devil. Jesus went about doing good and destroying the works of the devil. If we as a church want to just be around just doing goody things, we're going to be 50% getting her done. Now, I don't know about you, but a 50% grade in school wasn't a pass. It was an absolute space of failure. We cannot do that. We have to be empowered by God, especially in this hour when the Bible says that these would be perilous times. If these are truly the perilous times we know, then we need to be empowered, walking away from doubt, speaking life into those dead spots and raising up what God has called to be true inside of our hearts when the world is calling it a lie. And the world will see, what? There's something different about you. Yeah, I know. It's his promise that's alive in me. I'm fully convinced 
that what he said he is able to do. Amen? I want you to bow your heads. Father, I thank you. Thank you, thank you, thank you for who you are. Thank you for showing us and just being so patient. I can just say with me, so patient with me. And then at the same time, the father of faith, Abraham, such an awesome man of God, struggling through his journey. That I can really identify. Lord, my journey has been a struggle. And Lord, there have been activities and, and detours. There's been spaces of confusion. Me even misdirecting. But God, I thank you, Father, that it's a journey and that you don't judge. But God, through your mercy and your grace, you lead us and finish your work. You are the author and the finisher. Teach us your way in that. If you're here this morning and you don't know Jesus as your Lord and Savior, you're unsure about eternity, you're unsure of what is after this life. There is a hope that God can give inside of your life. And that that hope is not something that's of this world. In fact, Romans chapter 5, there's a hope that doesn't lead to disappointment. Everything this world has, all the money in this world, all the fame in this world, would lead to none other than, in the end, a disappointment. But there's a treasure to be sought after, a relationship with Jesus Christ. And it won't lead to disappointment. It will lead you on a journey away from doubt, away from the things of this world and the cares of it. And you'll see things differently and you'll even be asked to do things that are even many times contradictory to desires and thinking of you and the world. But that relationship, Jesus, on the inside is eternal. It's faith, hope, and love of his kingdom. And if you would like to take a step away from doubt and into that relationship today, you can do that by praying a prayer, accepting a surrender of your life in exchange for his life for you. He died on the cross for your sins. He rose from the grave so that he could give you life and that abundantly inside of your life to have a purpose where you had a cavity inside and emptiness. If that's you today, I want you to pray this prayer with me right now. Say, Father God, in Jesus' name, I surrender my life. I give it all to you. Here I am. I am all yours. Jesus, teach me your path to walk away from doubt and to walk in your arms. In your name I pray, amen. Thanks for listening. If you made a decision to accept Jesus into your heart, let us know on the app or on our website, mylifechangechurch.tv. 
We'd also love it if you subscribe to our podcast and share it with your friends. We hope you have a great rest of your day. God bless.